Good morning and welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. We'll have around the NFL, ride around the corner, but first shot or no shot, and it's brought to you by... That would be Club Hawthorne betting bars featuring craft beer, great food, try the Caesar salad with the chicken. It's spectacular. And you can play video, poker, slots, and sports betting through points bet. We say good morning in for Shay Norling. Here is Kevin Zipak. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing on this fine Monday morning? How'd you get? Is the family history the? Oh, uh, you take a Z pack when you're sick. Is that where that it all is, started? Uh, strictly a coincidence. Yeah, I, we did, we that? didn't see a dollar from the uh, antibiotic world network. Unfortunately, all right. money in that. Okay, the Z pack family not litigious enough to be able to go through with that. I get, don't think get, there's get, one lawyer in the the entire family. <laughs> get your money! Wow, get your money, Kevin. That's what I always say. Well, I'm trying to get my money, and uh, the Bears have gotten something this morning as well. Shane Waldron coming in as the new offensive coordinator. (laughs) Yeah, get comfortable in there, hoodie. Get comfy. We'll get to the questions. All right. Well, I won't bore you with the resume. We all know what he's done, where he's been, shot or no shot. The Bears got the right man for the job. Look. Out of the box, Kevin Strong. Yeah, okay. All right. Shot that they got the right guy. I'm going to hope. But to be honest with you, I know the name Shane Waldron. I studied him because the Bears were interviewing him. I know he was in the McVay tree and with the Seahawks. But Shane Waldron could walk up and punch me out walking to the car after the show. And I would not. Who's that guy that just hit me? Oh, that's Shane Waldron. I've never met the man. I've never interviewed the man. I am going to trust that Ryan Poles got this right. So, shot. I don't know. Kevin? <laughs> you got to say one or the other. <laughs> because, you, you know, and, and the reason why that that's a great question and the reason why that that's a tough question is because I don't know who Waldron is working with. I don't, I mean, we, you know he's working with Ryan Poles and the rest of the coaching staff. I don't know who he's working with. As we laid, down, laid out in the first hour, He's worked with veteran quarterbacks and young quarterbacks, but not this young and Caleb Williams, if that's who's coming. Mm -hmm. If it is Justin Fields, boy, what a job. Whatever it is, this is the biggest, to me, the biggest move for Ryan Poles to date because this offensive coordinator is supposed to be able to fix this broken offense or this inconsistent offense. So at this point in time, I'll say shot. It is the, the right hire. But again, I don't know who the quarterback is. Say, for instance, it is Justin Fields. And, and Waldron can come in and be able to accentuate the positives and hide the negatives of Justin's game to give more in between, more than just the big throw, more so than just running the football, the other little things, the intangibles to get the offense moving, those things to get out of the doldrums of offensive ineptitude uh, in the National Football League. So I'll say shot for now. I'll say shot for now because I don't we'll know who see. the quarterback is. Would, would you, Kevin, I, I would say that with Caleb Williams, it's a fresh slate. It's like, okay, Caleb Williams, you're a rookie. You're coming in. Here's the things that you need to be able to be a success, successful quarterback. Justin Fields is already in the league. Just needs the, the screws tightened a little bit. Look, if whoever the quarterback is, 
here's how the script's going to go. If they keep Justin and it doesn't work, mm-hmm. there's going to be a large contingent. Well, we got another bad OC. Sure. It's just what Chicago is. I always blame the coach first, never the players. Never. never. You, you don't have any coaches' jerseys that you've invested in. Correct. You don't have the coaches' autographs. It cannot be the players' fault. It's got to be the manager, the coach, whatever it is. Kevin? I don't know. See, I've seen a lot of Ditka jerseys before. I think you could possibly get the, uh, the coach on a jersey, no? He was a player. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, a lot of folks wanted uh, Greg Roman to be brought on this staff due to his work previously with Lamar Jackson. Uh-huh. But, shot or no shot, Shane Waldron's hire is the Bears not wanting to tip their hand on what they'll do with the quarterback position. I don't, uh, no shot. I don't think that they had anything to do with it. I think Ryan Poles interviewed, what, nine guys? Mm-hmm. We may see some of those other guys if they're on staffs that got fired where they may bring them in as the quarterback coach. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury comes here as the quarterback coach. I talked to Wani over the weekend. He said, as the quarterback coach, it would be a great hire. As the OC, he doesn't run the ball enough for Wani. Yep. So maybe Waldron has a guy in his hip pocket. Maybe it's Greg Olson, not the radio TV, or the TV guy. The Greg Olson that used to be on our staff under Dick Geron, I think. Yes. He may come in as the quarterback's coach. We'll see what they end up doing. They got to put the rest of the staff in place. But no, this has nothing to do with tipping hands at all. You got the number one pick. You can do whatever you want. That's a no shot. There is no. Um, there is no moving. You know the the shell game around. There's really nothing to hide. You know who you are, right? Either you're going to take the quarterback in the draft, or you're going to keep the quarterback that you already have. There's actually no sleight of hand there with that cap. Correct. If you were like at pick four. Well, we got it's got a misdirection here. Sure, so we can get a guy. No, you have to pick one. Uh, you have two lanes to pick, Kevin, and so you got to choose one. So, as far as the coaching and the rest of that, I mean, it starts with Shane Waldron and it just moves down the line, making sure you have the right infrastructure. I cannot uh, say this enough. Look at the playoff teams of the weekend. The reason why those teams flourish, even the teams that lost, is because they had the right infrastructure to be able to get to the postseason. Some of those perennial playoff teams that we saw. We could see it right there on your TV. Look how they are able to run the football, how they're able to pass the football, how the ball gets out quickly. That's playoff football. Correct. That's the way it's supposed to look. That is Even correct. the losing teams. That is even correct. Even C.J. Stroud. Even Jordan Love. You know, uh, even Josh Allen. Uh, even Tampa with uh, Baker Mayfield, who I thought was a stopgap quarterback. I thought he was just a stopgap for the moment. And look what he did. So even the losing teams were able to have good-looking offenses and great play design and execution. Agreed. All right, Kevin. Well, the search for the offensive coordinator was uh, top of everybody's mind since Luke Getze was let go. But uh, some people have forgotten that the Bears also need a defensive coordinator to keep the progression going with the uh, the defense the way we saw it step up at points last season. So shot or no shot, the defensive coordinator hire is just as important as the OC hire. No shot. He Unless they're going to change the way they're doing things, they're still going to run the Tampa 2. Eberflus is still going to call the defensive signals and plays, which he likes, and it worked out fine. They just have better talent. They got to continue to add on that side of the ball. No shot. Defense well, was better this year. Yeah, I, I understand the question. Uh, I would say because nothing changes, it's a no shot, only because whoever the new DC is in name, it's still Eberflus's defense. It still is his defense. Correct. You're not bringing some guy in here and going, 
What are they doing defensively? Oh, they're trying this new exotic 110 technique. No. We're going to play the same basic defense we've been playing. I've seen Belichick do that, by the way. 110? I have seen 110. Late in the game, I have seen that. Rush once and have 10 in the back. I've seen that. I've seen that. Like, spread the field. Back. Just rush one. One? Yep. Yep. I've seen 2-9. I've seen that before. (laughs) Certain situations call for that, you know. Uh, yeah, so I would say that's a, a no shot. I, I don't want the DC to be a puppet, though. I no. Hope, I hope he's his own man. Because Eberflus easily could be like, you know, we'll bring a guy in, but I'll call it because I was more comfortable. He's also that way. a former Bear. Uh, Chris Harris? Yeah, and our, yeah. Our, he was, I think, a fifth round pick. It started as a rookie. Yeah. And played, I think, on the Super Bowl team in 06. That is correct. And Jason McKee, our guy, our teammate tweeted last night a picture of him and Chris Harris this offseason when they had the preseason game against the Titans. Mm-hmm. And they were, took a picture. He goes, that's my teammate. He'd be an amazing hire here. Great person. All of it. And I hear nothing but awesome things about Chris Harris. Uh, as we talk about in, in glowing terms, the defense cap, they still have some work to do as well. Yes, when Iberflus took over, we saw some improvement. But just like we saw improvement with the offense, again, it's, it wasn't enough. Yes, I, I love the idea that the Bears got to the quarterback. I love that there was some semblance of pass rush, especially when Sweat got here. But there's a need for more. Yes. More. Maybe Donnell Hunter? More. More. Sign me up. Let's go. Yep. All right. Kevin. All right. I think the playoffs have been uh, very fun so far, particularly this weekend. Uh, great games yesterday. The Packers lost, um, which is always a good idea. However... Uh, this just might be me. I want to get your guys' opinion. Shot or no shot? The Bears' disappointing season hinders your enjoyment of watching playoff football. Oh, that's a no shot. I, and, and by the way, this is not just for the playoffs. It's in the regular season. As I, as I say many times on the show, the audience already knows. We spend time from 12 to, to 3.15 to watch the Bears. But the varsity starts after that. The 3.25 game of the week. That's on Fox or CBS or definitely the Sunday night game, the marquee matchups. That's where the football kicks in for me. I watch the Bears just like Cap watches the Bears. But it is amazing the, the mind F that you go through where it's like, man, stagnant offense, couldn't move the ball, lost another game. And then all of a sudden, oh, God, look at that. It pops off your screen. You've oh, seen it. God. It's like, wait a minute. And by the way, I, I'm not advocating to take a running back at number 12, but Jameer Gibbs speed. Holy oh, yeah. bleeps of watching all those games. Yeah, no, it does not affect. I, I pine for the day that that's us and that I've got my daisy dips and my vegetables watching a playoff game. But guess what? We're not there yet. Can I just tell you something, Kevin? This is just, again, everyone is not a diehard sports fan. There are those that will go to the office today and says, I root for the Bears because I'm a Bears fan because they watch Bears football. Some don't have the bandwidth or the time to watch anything else beside Bear football because I've got the jersey and I, you know, I go to the games or I'm at the bar or the club or the, the lounge to watch the games. But then they turn it off at 325. Well, I couldn't even I couldn't do that as even a casual Bears fan. You know why? Because they need to know what it looks like when you're at the top. If you just watch Bears football, it's like, oh, we lost again. Oh, well, what are we going to do now, huh? Uh, you want to go to Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond? Oh, they went out of business. All right, uh, container store. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get them both. 
<laughs> you don't watch the Chiefs, the Bills, <laughs> like, hey, and the it, Niners. Hey, everyone's not rabid like we are here at ESPN Chicago. The point is, though, is that even as a casual fan, I'd like to know, well, how can the Bears get better? Well, well watch these other games. Uh, watch, watch Patrick Mahomes. Oh, God. On the road. There's no way Patrick Mahomes could do that on the road. He's always been at home. Nice and comfortable arrowhead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He wins the game. No way San Francisco could pull this out of the fire. There's going to be a lot of rust there. Wait a minute. They found a way to win the ball game. Baltimore. That's just a gimmick. Up. Wait a minute. They didn't look good in the first half, but boy, look at the adjustments in the second. That's how you know, Cap, because you watch. How can my Bears be better? Watch the other games. Oh, I'm watching all these games this weekend going, okay, we got a long way to go. Yeah. Get to work, Brother Poles. Come on, man. Come on. Let's go. It's just, it's not saying the Bears are not playing hard. Make sure that's clear. Not saying the Bears are not playing hard. They're just not good enough. Just, it does, looks different when Baltimore does it. And boy, do <laughs> I like Dan Campbell. <laughs> it, looks wow. better, it looks better when the Lions do it, doesn't it? I mean, that's the difference, Cap. You watch the other games and go, oh, that's what it looks like. Wow, that looks like it. Yeah, because it looks violent. <laughs> the downhill Oof. running is violent. violent. The hits are violent. Yes. Okay? I mean, the defense, strong. You know, trying to—I mean—they swallowed up Baker Mayfield, and they try to put his head. Detroit's defense tried to put his head into that turf at the end of the game <laughs> because they play with a ruthless aggression, uh, aggression. That's why these teams, Bears. Yeah, one of my neighbors I saw outside. He's like, "The Lions are in the NFC title game. We should have beaten them twice. We should be there." I said, "Brother, we're not close." No, that's why you lost those games. Correct. All right, Kevin. Well, I'm glad you brought up Dan Campbell and the Lions. Uh, Cap, you're obviously a big fan. I'm a big fan of Dan Campbell. And I think the Lions are an interesting story because they've got that, uh, they got the it factor from the head coach. People like seeing teams win after being losers for quite a long time. You got the Jared Goff redemption arc. Neutrality here. I'm stressing neutrality. Let's try not to be, uh, tribalistic NFC North people. Shot or no shot, the Lions are the best story left and the sentimental favorite to win the Super Bowl. Best story left. So wait, we've got Niners, we've got Lions, we've got Ravens, we've got Chiefs. Uh, yeah, the Lions are the best story left. Although it'd be super cool to see Lamar win a Super Bowl and shut every critic up, period, because he's going to win his second MVP to have a Super Bowl to go with it. Oh, boy. Some would say, some would say that Detroit is the new America's team. Based on how bad they were for so many years. When we say 1991, that does not ring a bell to young people. 1991. I was a sophomore in college. That's the last time that Wayne Fonts and Detroit was able to get that done. You know how many years ago that was? Technology was different. When he lit the cigar? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Monday Night Football. 91. Dude, I was, I was a scout for the Seattle Supersonics. That's I mean, the thunder to you young children. That's, I mean, I guess the point is is that when people look at Detroit, now Baltimore's had some success. I mean, they've got an MVP in Lamar Jackson. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine. The Ravens have been a fantastic football team for quite some time here in the regular season into the playoffs. But Detroit, though, underneath everyone's shoe for decades, mismanaged, misowned. And they're able to get a head coach, quarterback, general manager, front office that makes a difference. I mean, I think 
for my taste cap, this is sustainable. Whatever happens against San Francisco in their next upcoming game, I think that Detroit is going to be heard from again and again and again based on how they do their business. They run the football. They, they have Jared Goff that makes plays. They have a tenacious defense, and it took a long time to build up that defensive line and that offensive line to where it is right now. It took a long time. So I would say that uh, that is the team. I would circle them, as, as some people say, America's team. Yes. People are cheering for them. Sure. Super cool. All right, let's go around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? We ask you to like, share, and subscribe to the Cap and J Hood podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's one thing for you to be listening wherever you are, and we thank you for listening. But share out the podcast and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Not only Cap and J Hood, but all the shows here at ESPN Chicago. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast and download the ESPN Chicago app. Around the NFL, here's Kevin Zipak. All right, fellas, we haven't seen a rookie quarterback have the kind of year that C.J. Stroud had this season, maybe ever. I mean, every time he was uh, playing, it was absolute box office. His team lost on Saturday. Jordan Love's team also lost on Saturday, although the Ravens won by a much wider wider margin uh, as you saw the Packers take it right down to the wire. Could you make me the argument that Jordan Love and the Packers have a brighter future than C.J. Stroud and the Texans? Oh, I absolutely could. They have a better roster, Green Bay. They're the youngest team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have their first-round pick this year, albeit I think it's 26th. But yes, 100% they have a brighter future, although I think the Texans do as well. But both teams are in a good spot. Texans, a terrific story for them to even get to the playoffs. We talk about you know dead-on-their-ass franchises. You fire Brother Cully, you fire Lovey Smith, and then you get D'Amico Ryans, and nothing was guaranteed. I expected them to be in the mix for the number one pick for the draft again. And look what they were able to do. C.J. Stroud set that team on fire. Green Bay, though, with Jordan Love. You know, Cap, you have to pay him at some point pretty soon here. He's got one year left because they did the two-year deal before this season. And there, I, I got friends of mine going, is he going to get $50 million a year? No. He's not. He has not proven it to that level. Mm-hmm. And I would think they will talk extension with him this spring, this summer, before camp. I would predict he'll be locked up on a multi-year deal. But he'll get 35 to $40 million. Absolutely he's going to get paid. Uh, the Packers with their ball club, and I know from a Packers fan standpoint, because I know a lot of them, that they are frustrated because they always are the bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, oh, we're in the mix. We're close. We're close. We're close. We'll never get there. And so I understand that frustration from a Packers fan standpoint. But at least you're there. And I just think that what they did in that game, which was winnable for the Packers, by the way, it was right there for them because they ran the football well in the rain, 136 yards. Aaron Jones is a beast running the football for them. But give the 49ers credit, though, because even though Purdy did not have his best game, Purdy needed to be able to get a game-winning touchdown. He got it there. 12 plays, 69 yards. McCaffrey runs the football so well for the 49ers. George Kittle with a touchdown as well. Ayuk and McCaffrey, as I mentioned, fantastic for San Francisco. 
But I, you know, I think that love is right there. If you're a Packer fan, you feel like, hey, man, a little bit more seasoning. We, at the very least, you get back to the playoffs. But now the Packers' problem is the Lions. Correct. And they have one year left where they have to deal with Aaron's money. Yeah. And then that money drops off the books after the 24 season. So they're going to have a lot of cap room. They made a very smart move. Gutekunst a good executive up there. They locked up Jordan Love on a two-year deal at very small money for a starting quarterback. They can extend him for whatever this coming summer. It doesn't count until a year later when all that cap space opens up. So there you go. So many missed opportunities there for the Packers. One of the reasons why they couldn't win that game. 49ers did just enough. Just enough. And so that's why I'm intrigued by the 49ers and Lions. We talked about this before. Those teams with the bye. Rust versus rust. What would come out? Okay. Well, the Ravens were rusty early. And they made the adjustment. Don't tell me there's not adjustments for one after the other. That's BS. There are adjustments. Agreed. Because I saw it right there in the Baltimore game. Same thing with San Francisco. Not great. But when you had to make a play, they made it. Kevin. Over in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes once again getting his team to the conference title title game. That is six straight appearances for the Chiefs. Could you make the argument to me that Mahomes, even though his statistics this season have been down compared to his uh, normal crazy level, could you make the argument that this was actually the most impressive trip to the conference title game given the relative uh, weakness of his supporting cast. No question. No question about that. And and here's why. The storyline coming in was, could Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs on the road this time in a big spot be able to win a ball game? Well, duh. Should have thought about that when I made my selection on Friday. Of course, it's Patrick Mahomes. Imagine that field goal going through for the Bills late in the game, Cap. Tie ball game. Patrick Mahomes would have what, 138 on the clock? Yeah. Somewhere, something like that? Yeah. 138? Correct. You don't think that he drives it down there for a field goal win? Uh, I, and I they do. got an elite kicker. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So even though it, you know, the joke is, oh, wide right again for the Bills, another missed field goal in a big spot, I trust Mahomes, even though some of his wide receivers have you know, uh, skillets for hands. But Travis Valdez Kelsey. Scantling made a catch yesterday on the right sideline. Yeah. The pass was otherworldly. I mean, he dropped it into a basket oh that was tiny, but he made a hell of a catch. Hell of a catch with a defender draped on him. Even with those those issues with some of his receivers all season, he would have found a way to drive him down there. And, and so, Bears fans listening to Around the NFL, let's make this point. Patrick Mahomes is so great that he has a, a football team on the offensive side that has the most drops in the NFL. And he's still in the AFC title game. Take that. That's what we're talking about. If Justin Fields makes some mistakes out there, there could be weapons or coaching or whatever that, in which he could overcome. That's the difference. If you want to know the difference, say the Chiefs and the Bears. Let's just do that. Chiefs and Bears. You laugh at Matt Nagy all you like. Point is, though, is that if Justin Fields can get around his mistakes and the Bears still win, hats off. But here's a, bu- a bunch of guys, Travis Kelsey and Valdez Scantling, as you mentioned, all, Hardman, all these guys, right, drop the ball. Yep. But the Chiefs find a way to win. They do. See the and, difference? And again, I know they're going to wake up this morning about to go wide right. They show people crying in the stands. Wide right. Guess what? It just saved you from getting your heart ripped out with Butker from 51. <laughs> Game over. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks for coming. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You're overcoming. Uh, San Francisco, same way. Uh, you know, Brock wasn't very good. Uh, but we need this game-winning drive. All right, 12 plays, 69 yards. So long, everybody. Yeah, thanks for coming. Because you find a way around if you're not having the best game. You know, some fans think that all the best of the best are supposed to have their A game every single time. No. Can I get you with my B-minus-C game and still win? That means you're a good football team. Correct. Kevin. Well, the Chiefs won, of course, so the Bills lost. That's how it works. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, hot takes, medium takes uh, online already this morning. People blaming Josh Allen for whatever reason. People blaming the kicker. Sean McDermott getting some heat. It seems like the Bills just keep running this thing back, uh, looking the same every single year. It hasn't been enough. Will they make any changes? Should they make any changes? Or do you just keep running this thing back? I'll predict that Diggs is out of there. What did we talk about during the regular season with Shea? One of the three things would happen. McDermott fired. It would be Josh Allen looking to get out or Diggs. Diggs will be leaving. Yes, and Josh Allen threw a ball 60-some yards in the air right in his hands. Dropped it. Dropped it. I don't hear Trayvon Diggs on social media talking trash anymore. Or the mother. Remember the mother was on there? Yeah. Keep your beak out of it. Tell your brother to catch the football. Trade on. Take that. Uh, it's more than fair. And by the way, uh, Jay Moore, once again with Josh Allen, an opportunity to win the ball game, and we talk about overcoming. Josh Allen, again, put it on the on the ground. But, it, it, but again, as I said in a regular season, he might have a problem as far as ball security, but he has enough infrastructure offensively or defensively to overcome. And that's how close it was for Buffalo in that game. Yeah, it was very close, and uh, I just think that it was, you know, um, so much of him and not enough of everybody, and that's how it's been all season. Yeah, and they ran the ball well, 182 yards, Josh Allen, after losing to the Chiefs. Um, sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home. Sucks. Losing sucks. I don't know what else to say. Here's Kevin Zipak. Kevin? A whole lot going on with that broadcast yesterday, that Chiefs-Bills uh, broadcast. You had Tony Romo, who, I, I don't know if this is just me, I find him to be one of the more annoying broadcasters in the NFL. I mean, I might be on an island there, but... Cap, you, Cap loves him. You, yeah? You a Romo guy? Uh, love is the wrong word. Loves him. I have no problem listening to him. Do I think he's the best? No, I think Greg Olson is markedly better than him. Troy Aikman is the gold standard for me. I think he's awesome. Collinsworth's fine. So Tony's fourth of the four big crews. But I'm not, like, outraged like others. He entertains me. I think, I think the, the where you might be going, Kevin, is... If you're Tony Romo, you can hear the producer almost in his ear. Just like, I mean, pull it back a little bit. Just be careful. Don't call them the Redskins. They're the commanders. You can hear the correction from the producer. And that's not Taylor Swift's brother-in-law. Right. That's where I'm going. Like, that's not, they're not married. Right. Correct. Who says that, Kevin? I mean, like. I mean, that's out of line. I mean, you're, just, you're putting it out there. And so you're trying, what are you, what are you, uh, Tony TMZ? Why are you putting that out there? They're not married. That's just dumb. Correct. So, I mean, go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah that, that was a big part of it, too. Just him saying, the, you know, kind of bizarre things like that. And then over in the suite, of course, you had Taylor, you had Mrs. Mahomes, you had Jason Kelsey, <laughs> shirtless, 
who, by the way, at, at that point, at that point in the afternoon, he had already been spotted uh, tailgating with some Bills fans. He was drinking right out in, in a lot with Bills mafia. He's drinking out of a bowling ball. God only knows what was uh, what was in there. This was, this is an absolute circus. I, I don't know. With between Taylor Swift and now you got the Kelsey brothers who have just gotten monumentally huge. I feel like over the past year or so. Is, is this a little too much and any hint of a distraction possibly? Or do you think the Chiefs put that to rest yesterday with their performance? Well, Patrick Mahomes can, can, can uh, overcome anything, clearly. Because Yoko Ono hanging around the Chiefs for a while has gave the wrong mojo to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I would say. I'm just telling you. Yoko Ono. What? She knows how to break up a team. Huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously. <laughs> Guess what? They're still standing. That's fine. But if they fall short, guess who's going to be on the Yoko Ono train? This guy right here, pal. Oh. Because God. because the team was fine until she's uh, actually. In all seriousness, you know, with her being around, this is a win for the NFL. That's yeah, awesome. See that uh, skybox with the mom and the dad in there, and there's Jason in there, and there's sure. Taylor. And by the way. Kevin, did you see? I think it's Taylor's bodyguard sitting on the other side. She got Jason on one side, who's big as a house, and she's got her bodyguard on the other side. See what he was wearing? What was he wearing, Kevin? A White Sox hat. A man's got taste. There you go. <laughs> or just try to find a basic black hat. That's probably what, Tune in. That's, that's probably what that was. That was it. <laughs> I mean, so what I'm telling you is, is that. Um, despite all of the circus and the drop passes and, all, and Matt Nagy, all that, Patrick Mahomes finds a way. And so the Chiefs win. No, it's not too much, Kevin, because as I mentioned, my point is is that for the NFL, with Taylor Swift being around, that just brings a whole new set of fans. As, as It's not like the NFL is a small meat and potatoes outfit. They're already huge. A mom and pop? Yeah, they're not a mom and pop. But one thing for sure, they're even bigger because Taylor Swift fans that don't may or may not know football, they are watching too. They just want to see the glimpse of Taylor. Yeah. Having a fun time. Correct. They never see her like that out in the open outside of a concert. So, Dude, I was at Dino's Sports Fan Shop in the Glen. We all go there. You got a beautiful Hawks jersey from Dino. Yes. I was in there. I said, do you have any Travis Kelsey gear? He said, nope. He said, every girl in the Chicago area has been in here. Bought out every Travis Kelsey jersey. Gone. That's amazing. Yes. And that is our look around the NFL right here on Cap and J Hood. Coming up next, an expert says that there might be a disconnect between Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator for the Bears, and Justin Fields. We'll delve into that coming up next. Cap and J Hood, weekday mornings, 7 to 10. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and J Hood. 7 a.m. hour is brought to you by the Combat Energy Efficiency Program. Uh, let me give you the breaking news this morning. You're just getting up. You're stretching as you get out of bed. Bears have a new OC, baby. Shane Waldron, who had been courted by multiple teams, leaves the Seahawks. All the staff members were told when Pete Carroll was forced out, you're free to look for other jobs. We may want to keep you, but if somebody else comes along with an offer, you're free to take it. Shane Waldron has picked the Bears over others. He will not come cheap. He comes highly recommended from the Sean McVay tree. Let's go, man. There are now four teams left standing after another weekend of awesome NFL playoff action. Yesterday in the Motor City, Lions advanced to their first NFC title game since 1991 as they beat the Buccaneers 31 
to 23. Detroit will head to San Francisco after the Niners squeak by the Packers on Saturday. Playoffs? In the AFC, Kansas City held on to advance their sixth straight conference title game. Chiefs over Bills in Buffalo, 27-24. Bills missed a late field goal wide right again. Would have forced a tie. Chiefs have a date in Baltimore with Lamar and the Ravens next weekend after the Ravens advance, slapping around the Texans in the second half, winning 34-10. to Bulls and Blackhawks both on the road tonight. Bulls in Phoenix. The Canucks host the Hawks. Jay Moore! Cap and Jay Hood are back. We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. Classic. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. It's a Cap and Jay Hood morning show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube, youtube.com. Look for ESPN Chicago, where you can watch all the shows live and check out all of our content on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for the ESPN Chicago channel. Glad to have you aboard here on this Monday morning as we talk to you about the NFL playoffs and the Chicago Bears. The Bears have hired a new offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron. Interesting timing from Waddle and Sylvie last week as they got a chance to talk to Brock Heward. You say, who the hell's Brock? Well, Brock Heward is a color analyst for Fox Sports, does a great job of covering college football, works with Jason Benetti, as a matter of fact, on those um, college football broadcasts on Fox. He's been in Seattle for many years doing uh, sports radio in Seattle. And uh, and so they had a really good conversation, Cap. They had a great conversation about a number of things, and Brock Heward played at the University of Washington. He had a fairly, you know, Five years in the National Football League as a quarterback is pretty good. Well, he wasn't a great player, but he has insight on what the Seahawks do. He does a talk show out there, and he gave this thought on Shane Waldron, potentially with Justin Fields. That I have a hard time saying yes to just from the two, three years we had in Seattle. You know, they just couldn't run the ball. Right. And I don't think that that was a, a Geno Smith issue or a horrible offensive line. It's just, I think he comes a little bit, which is surprising because the tree that he comes from should be a run play action team. And the head coach that he was playing for, basically, who'd never called anybody out, basically with us, you know, near the end, is like, we're just not doing it. And I'm like, well, why aren't you doing it? Call the freaking run plays, like run the ball. You know, your rushes per uh, attempt are pretty good. Your overall net yards are one of the worst in the league or bottom five in the league. So I would like to say because of the background and the tree that he comes from, that would be central. But I don't think it'd be anything like the right. dude that used to be with the Buffalo Bills and Jim Harbaugh in there and built a bowley in San Francisco. And if that guy is available to me, that would make a ton of sense. Thoughts there from Brock Hewitt. And that was Greg Roman he was referring to at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would make a ton of sense. The Bears did talk to him. Uh, he was out of football this year, and uh, he obviously did not get the job. So we'll see. Now the quarterback coach hire will be very interesting. If it's Cliff Kingsbury coming in here, and I know he's interviewing for other OC opportunities, but if he comes here as a quarterback coach, he's Caleb Williams' coach at USC. I would think that would say a lot, but we'll see. Okay, so let's talk about Justin Fields as far as that him teaming with Shane Waldron. You heard what Brock Heward said, and again, I trust his eyes because he's been doing college football analysis for quite a long time. And so he looks at Shane Waldron because he's been in Seattle, so he knows Shane from his time with the Seahawks. 
I um I wonder how Waldron looks at Justin Fields and thinking that can Justin still be able to run the football? Can he be able to utilize his legs? Because I mean, well, there's already been comparisons this morning to Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, and yes, both guys can run, but those are two different type of quarterbacks because Lamar Jackson had to learn to be able to stay in the pocket and throw the football down the field, connect to tight ends, and run with it. He had 100 yards rushing himself, uh, Lamar, but it's, that's not his whole deal. He also is able to get the ball down the field. That's what we want from Justin Fields. Time to be able to do that and be able to have the weapons to do so. So could Waldron look at this and say, Hey, we still like the, some of the things that Justin does, but some of the other things to make him a more complete quarterback. Can Waldron be able to unlock that? That's the big question that's well, on my mind. A lot of people look at Geno Smith and said he was a bust in New York. Didn't work out mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. The Jets are a bad franchise, whatever. And he came to Seattle and has been a very, very competent quarterback. And Shane Waldron has to get some of the credit. Sure. He's the guy that helped unlock that. Now, does Shane Waldron prefer coming in here with a rookie quarterback? I'm sure he got a multi-year deal to come here. Does he look and go, I got a chance to develop Caleb Williams or Drake May into an all-pro? Mm-hmm. I'm taking that opportunity. Or does he look and go... Luke Getze was a moron, and I can fix Justin Fields, and I'm going there for that. It's a great question. Let's talk about this from Waldron's standpoint. You're on the other side of the desk or other side of the Zoom, mm-hmm. and there's Ryan Poles, and there's Kevin Warren, and whoever else is in the room. Aren't you asking that question if you're Waldron? Like, so what are you, what are you thinking about with the quarterback position? I've seen the, the tape on Tyson Bajant, good backup quarterback, but um, who am I coaching? Is that a question that you'd like to ask? You'd like to know, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. I would think, again, we're not on that Zoom or we're not in L.A. where Ryan's been holed up in L.A. a lot. I'm just asking. Is what we're hearing. I'm just asking. from a, If you're on the other side of the desk, aren't you curious? Correct. But what I think, again, we don't know. But what I would think is Ryan saying to him, okay, here's what we're thinking we're leaning in this direction, whether that's keep Justin or draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. I need you now lockstep with me and our new quarterback coach, whoever that's going to be. I need you to go down this road with me, and we're going to evaluate them all. And then we're going to make a decision together. You're either coaching Justin or we're drafting somebody. I just want to know... Why is he taking this job over other opportunities out there? Atlanta's still looking for a head coach, right? Yes, and quarterback. And a quarterback. Chargers are still looking for a head coach. They got the quarterback. Already made. You know what you're dealing with there. Correct. Uh, The Raiders are still looking for an OC. Not sure they have the quarterback. Aiden O'Connell's an okay young player. but So there's an opportunity there. Who else is still looking for a coach? Is there anybody else out there? I know they're going to look for a coordinator in Philly. They're probably moving on from both coordinators. Yes, Philly has let go of Desai. Sean Desai's gone, and Matt Patricia's out of contract, and he is going to leave the organization. Mm-hmm. So they are going to have opportunities at multiple stops around the league. He picked Chicago. Was he told, if it doesn't work out with Eberflusch, you're the new head coach? Was he told, 
you're getting Caleb Williams. Or I need you to fix Justin Fields. I'd like to know what that's like. Because, like you said, the world is your oyster when you're Shane Waldron. Not saying that this is the next... Um, you know, Eric Coriel, not saying that that's who he is, Correct. but he does have some credentials. And I'm sure that if I'm in that position, it's kind of like taking a radio job. So you want me to work with your company? Yes. And by the way, the language is French. Well, I don't speak French. Correct. We'd so, like to bring you in, Jonathan. Because of your talent. Correct. Yes. Okay. So what about, so what's the shift I'm working in? Where am I, what, what's the format? Well, it's French. Damn. Well, I speak English. Right. Barely. Right. So it's the same thing with Shane Waldron. I mean, for some, they have this bravado like, I can coach anybody. Just whoever the quarterback is, I got it. Don't worry about it. Just give me the film. But I think also in your mind's eye, if you're smart, you like to know who you're working with. Do I have to be able to mold and shape a, a rookie quarterback first time in the league? Got to be able to go through the growing pains? Or do I look at Justin Fields and try to straighten him out on already made quarterback? I'd like to know. And I like, and if there's a lean, I'm sure that uh, polls might have told Waldron. I don't. You only got to do your due diligence. You're the you're the one. You're the candidate. You have to ask. But I would think he is now going to be holed up, whether he's at home or in Lake Forest, sitting down looking at every play Justin had. Okay, Ryan. Here's my evaluation of what you did with Getsy, What worked? What didn't work? Justin, this, that. Here's my breakdown on Caleb Williams. I want to meet young, the young man. Here's my breakdown of Drake May. And here's my ba- breakdown of Tyson Bajan. Here's everything you need to know about that spot. Here's yeah. every player in the draft. Mm-hmm. That's what this is going to come down to. The, he's going to have a lot to say about who they draft. Yeah. That, that's also why this hire is really paramount. And so this is what they've gone with. Let's see what happens. Right. Will he be the difference maker, finally, that can help this Bears offense, or will he be just another OC that's fired in three years or less? Find out. Right. Like, if they stick with Justin and it doesn't work, probably cost polls his job, especially if Caleb Williams or Drake may become an all-pro. That's a no shot. I think down the line it would, but I still believe he gets two coaches. If, I, uh, if they keep Justin yeah. and one of these two kids in the draft at the top, Drake May or Caleb Williams, is playing in the NFC or AFC title game in two years and Justin is still 7-10 and 10 struggling, I think they move on. They clean everything up. I don't. If I, they bring in Caleb and he fails and Justin goes somewhere else and is a dominant player, that's the same deal. Well, that's, I think that's Eberflus first. Maybe. I mean, someone's got to be a scapegoat. What do you think you got over that house hall? Ditka? Hallis? That's Matt Eberflus. He doesn't even have a mustache. So he's already out. Damn! The, the, I truly <laughs> believe this. <laughs> well, wow. you got to have a, a mustache to win a championship around here. Do you not? He used to have a goatee. I saw that in Dallas. Grow it back, coach. Yeah. Um, I truly believe this is a legacy-defining decision. Either... Hey, honey, you want to add on to the house or get a new one? I just got a new contract. Or pack the gear up. I got to go back to Andy. Go All right. Is, man. To take your phone calls, coming up, jump in on our conversation. 312-332-3776. The Bears have hired Shane Waldron as the offensive coordinator. We're talking about it on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. 
and Jay Hood on Bears. I want to thank both you guys, man, for the great season of Bears information. And I just want to say I appreciate you guys and I love the show. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10, here on ESPN 1000, streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Mike Greenberg comes your way at 10 o'clock, followed by Carmen and Yurko, 12 to 2. Waddle and Sylvie, 2 to 6. Black and Abdallah back together, 6 to 8. Amber and Ian comes your way at 8 o'clock. All part of the mix on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Let's take your phone calls, 312-332-3776. Shane Waldron is the new offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. As we talk about it here on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to you. Southside, DJ is with us on Cap and Jay Hood. DJ, good morning. Good morning. Um, I want to first start start off and say I trust Pose 100% any decision he wants to make. I also want to say that Jay Moore made a uh, great assessment after the uh, Packers game on saying the Bears should decide what type of team they want to be. And after the Washington Ravens, even though it wasn't pretty, I think we can build a powerhouse and do something similar like they have and um, probably get a pick from, um, get, get a haul from Washington and be in the same position that we are in right now next year. And I know that Cap, he likes how uh, Green Bay looks right as far as a quarterback position is. But they do things different. They let the quarterback sit. Uh, I think uh, Love sit, sit for like two years. Three. And then, well, three years. And then the quarterback before him sat, sat like four years. The Bears, they don't really – they don't really follow that infrastructure. They don't have the infrastructure to do that. So I think we need to go ahead and implement something similar to where we go ahead and build something, a powerhouse that we can have here that we can be proud of. DJ, good call. We appreciate your telephone call. Thanks, DJ. Look, I understand his perspective that the Packers do things one way and we do it another you can't just draft a kid now, Caleb Williams, and just say you're going to sit for three years. That's just not the way the world works. They had an infrastructure where Brett Favre is rolling along. He's in his prime. We're taking that kid, and we're going to develop him, Aaron Rodgers. We're taking Jordan Love. We're going to develop him for three years. That's a process. That's a process. We don't have that infrastructure right now. That's going to take time to get there. Critical decision they're going to make is are we trading Justin and changing the way we play with a rookie quarterback? Mm-hmm. Or are we bringing in all these parts, whether that's Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors or Marvin Harrison Jr., and getting another offensive line? I, whatever they do, I'm, I'm a Bears fan. Yeah. I'll cheer for whoever it is, Justin or whoever. Just and, fix the offensive line, please. You know, it's funny, DJ, that's my DJ, made the comment that, you know, he compared the Green Bay Packers and talked about how quarterbacks had to sit and wait for their opportunity, kind of like college football in that regard. A successful college football team already has a quarterback or offense in place, and that five-star just has to wait his turn to be the quarterback for his turn. 
Same thing with teams with the right infrastructure. The Bears are always the snowball going down the hill. Everything's urgent with the Chicago Bears because this quarterback didn't work. Oh, we got got a chance to get another quarterback. Oh, this wide receiver didn't work. Oh, we got to get a wide. Because we're trying to be able to put the fingers in the holes of the leaky offense, leaky defense, trying to fill holes on the depth chart left and right, and everything's urgent. When you're a perennial playoff team, it's like, you know what? I know that seems like uh, you know we are already have a quarterback in place, but we're going to draft a good, another good quarterback, and that quarterback's going to be good at some point, our backup. Same thing with our linebackers or our wide receivers. we got good players. Eventually, they'll be their turn. But the Bears, everything's urgent. you got to do it right away to try to piecemeal a season together, possibly get it to the playoffs. Other teams don't do that. Other teams just build with their draft, build through their free agency, and build a depth chart, even though their starters might be solid. Very cogent point. And if you think back to when they drafted Mitchell Trubisky, okay, they missed. Definitely. And I'm not telling you he'd be still standing if we hadn't played him right away. But Ryan Pace said he's not playing as a rookie. He's sitting the whole year. Oh, four games in, Mike Lennon doesn't look very good. Put him in there. Why? Why? Why are you blowing up your plan on a team that, whether he plays well or not, you have no chance of being successful. Pressure. Right. Pressure from this station. Pressure from the TV shows. Got to play him now. Got to play Mitch now. His own coach. Got to play him now. Glennon can't play. Put the Trubisky kid in. Got to play him now. How about sticking to your plan? We're going to develop him. Nope. Same thing with Justin. Mm -hmm. Your own head coach said, hey, I love the kid. He's got great work ethic. We're thrilled he's here. I helped pick him. He's not ready to play. What? He's an idiot. How are we not letting him compete for the job in camp? Well, how about, Ryan Pace, you go out and sign a veteran backup to Andy Dalton. Justin, you're the number three this year. You're going to learn how to play. Mm-hmm. Nope. He tweaks his calf running out of bounds at Soldier Field. Get in there. Yep. Your coach just said he's not ready. How about making sure he is ready? Because we every- don't do that. Because everything's urgent. Correct. Urgent as an MF. You've got to be able to do it now, Cap, because you don't have the infrastructure down the depth chart to say, yes, Justin should be third so we can learn. Nope, got to do it now. Got to play right now. Because you don't have it. Remember all the shows? Matt Nagy, you're an idiot. How can you not let him compete for the starting job right now in camp? Because he's not ready to play. Well, then how about your GM goes and gets a backup to Andy Dalton and the kid sits for a year? Patrick Mahomes did. Yep. Sat for a whole year. Oh, Jordan Love sat for three. Aaron Rodgers sat for three. Guess what? How is it working out for them? And we keep doing the same, what does Sylvie call it? Cycle of suck? Yep. Circle of suck? Mm-hmm. Same thing yep. every year. Did the Bears get it right with the Shane Waldron hire? And your thoughts about the Bears? 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Back in two minutes on Cap and J. Hood.